सहनावदतु सहनो भुनक्तु सहवीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमा विदिषावहै ओ so last week we started discussion on desire <clears throat> i wanted to point out to you an important privilege or blessing that we are enjoying as human beings this is a privilege of human being that we have desires in our mind <clears throat> and if these desires are managed properly they become a great asset great boon great blessing if not managed properly they can also become a big problem so as human beings we have desires and then we want to understand these desires usually when you go to listen to any vedanta talk they say give up desires become desireless etc i don't know they heard it or not but rather than saying give up desires i should say let us learn to manage the desires let us first understand the desire where it is coming from and learn to manage the desire so that desire ambition becomes a blessing to us rather than a problem to us we may say that desires when not managed properly create problems desires when managed properly is a great solution therefore it is important that we understand what this desire is just as for comparison human being is the only one among all the creatures in the universe who has the privilege to desire you have desire that you want to become wealthy famous powerful handsome good looking impressive etc etc you want to travel you want to do sightseeing you want to see things you want to know things you want to learn things you want to create something you want to serve you want to be useful various kinds of desires we have no creature other than human being that this kind of desire the creatures other than human beings have some basic needs in sanskrit there is a verse which says ahara nidra bhaya maithunam cha samanyam etat pashuvir naranam between pashuvi between animals and human beings samanyam this is common ahara that every creature feels hungry and therefore the need and the desire to appease the hunger is common nidra we get tired we need rest we need sleep that's another common feature bhaya we all also in a way have some fear within ourselves because many things are dear to us but as far as the 
creature as animals are concerned, like us, they also have life very dear to them. Every living being loves to be. Everybody loves to be and therefore life is very dear. And there is always the possibility that I may be attacked, at least particularly in the animal kingdom. So, bhaya, fear. Protecting oneself from fear is also very common. We have many other kinds of fears. We also may have fear for our life, for our health, for our uh, dignity, for our image, for our respect. So, wherever there is a possibility of losing something very dear to us, so we love self-respect. We like to be respected by others. We want to be loved by others. We want to be held in high esteem by others. So many things we love in our life. And there is an apprehension in our mind that that we may lose that. So there is a fear of losing something that we love. For other creatures, Mainly they love their life and they love maybe some near and dear ones and they were protecting oneself is a natural instinct that all creatures have. And Maithunam procreation is another impulse that is given to all creatures because to procreate, to also uh, uh, multiply one's own species it was a natural instinct given. So, Ahara, Nidra, Bhaya, Maithunam. Ahara, the need to appease the hunger, quench the thirst, the bodily needs. Nidra, the need for rest. Bhaya, to protect ourselves for everything, whatever we love. And Maithunam, the, the procreation instinct. <clears throat> so, this is common as far as human beings are there and all other living beings are there. This is a common feature. There is something that distinguishes human beings from others. You know, in Sanskrit, Animals are called tiryak. Tiryak means horizontal. Animals grow horizontally. You know that? But a human being grows vertically. For Usually for animals, their brain, their stomach, their broke, all these organs are all in the same line. You follow? Therefore, the brain is usually utilized for fulfilling needs of stomach, for sense organs. That is what the brain is utilized for. Whereas, human being grows vertically. We have a brain which is in the highest position. So, we also have those needs of appeasing hunger, etc., that they have. At the same time, our brain thinks of something much higher also. You know, just satisfied. In the beginning, we may be needing only to appease hunger, etc., when that is done. So, other needs also manifest from our mind. We want to be bigger and better than what we are. Every human being is what we call self-conscious being. You know, we are self-conscious beings. Conscious of ourselves. So, self-consciousness sometimes makes us very uh, make, make sure that I look up all right, I'm dressed all right, I appear all right, I'm, I present myself all right. Self-consciousness. More than that, Self-conscious means that we are conscious of ourselves. 
we are conscious of who we are. You follow? We are conscious of who we are. We have an identity. A human being has an identity. That I am a human being. I am father. I am mother. I am son. I am daughter. I am good. I am not good. I am smart. I am intelligent. I am successful. Not successful. You follow? So this is the we have this identity about us or what we call self-judgment, judgment about us, opinion about us. As human beings, we always entertain an opinion about us, a judgment about us as to who I am. I'm great, that's an opinion. I'm successful, that's an opinion. I'm not successful, an opinion. I am father, an opinion, mother, an opinion, son, daughter, husband, wife, etc., etc. So every moment we have, because of self-consciousness, some identity or the other. Father is an identity, mother is an identity, son is an identity, citizen is an identity. Manager is an identity, boss is an identity, subordinate an identity, master an identity, servant identity, you understand what I am saying? Every moment we are aware of our identity. Now this is not so, we are not interested so much in other creatures but to compare. This identity is not there as far as other creatures are concerned. That I am great, I am superior, I am inferior, I am successful, I am failure. This stuff is not there with any other creatures. They don't have any complexes. They don't compare themselves with others. Like a cow does not compare itself with another cow. There may be a cow which gives half a liter milk, other cow that gives two liters milk, a third may give five liter milk. But the cow giving five liter milk doesn't feel I'm superior. Or a cow giving half a liter milk doesn't feel I'm inferior, you follow? One cow may be big, strong, good looking, that I'm I'm hence beautiful. Other may not have that kind of horns, you may some, you know, distorted horns and doesn't feel I'm ugly. Important. Our cow doesn't feel I'm beautiful, I'm ugly, I'm superior, I'm inferior, I'm successful, I'm failure. Sometimes they compete for the food and stuff like that and that's, that's the end of it. This is called complex, you know. Human being constantly entertains one or the other complex. Because we have a habit of comparing ourselves with others. As human beings, we compare ourselves with other human beings and then judge. How is my nose? How is his nose? How are my lips? my face, my skin color, compare and then judge, I'm handsome, I'm not as handsome as someone else, I'm not as fair as someone else, I'm not as tall as someone else, etc, etc. This kind of judgment or opinion about ourselves are there because of comparing. On the top of that, these poets and people of literature have created a further complex. They define who is a beautiful person. Your face should be like moon, then you are a beautiful woman. Stuff like that. This kind of height and this kind of dimension you must have, then you are beautiful, otherwise not. So these complexes are further created in us, you know, by, by the world. 
वर्ल्ड क्रिएट्स ऑल्सो अदर कॉम्प्लेक्सेस हु इज सक्सेसफुल द वर्ल्ड सेज अ वेल्दी पर्सन इज सक्सेसफुल एंड सो एवरी सो ऑफन वी हैव अ लिस्ट ऑफ द वेल्दीएस्ट पीपल इन द वर्ल्ड ट्रेड the bezos is the wealthiest person after 15 days somewhere else comes there so wealthy person is successful person we look at those things we want to be like them because we want to be successful if a film star successful i want to be like that I want to look like that a film actress a film actor a politician leader so all of these people are projected for us constantly by media by the world even by our own parents own teachers by our own elders very often they compare us with us all look at you look at your friend look at your brother look at your sister and thus this comparison is constantly going on one way or the other and there were some norms are created by the world you know norms who is a successful person when we are born we have no idea of success and failure as we grow and we like get more and more informed then we realize that who is a handsome person who is good looking who is strong who is authoritative who is controlling who is dominating who is respected who is praised you want to be respected you want to be praised you want to dominate you want to control so this kind of needs are given within us you follow and the world of the society has created the ideas in our mind that as i said a wealthy person is a successful person a person in position of power is a successful person a person who can talk well successful person who can motivate who can inspire successful person if you are if you are speaker then there are others who you compare with If you're a student, you compare other students. If you're a scientist, you compare with other scientists. If you're a businessman, you compare with other businessmen. You don't compare with everybody. I don't compare myself with, uh, you know, um, uh, Bill Gates or something because I may compare myself with other swamis, other this, you know, of our own class. But comparison always going on. If I am, a, if I think that I am a student, I compare myself with other students. If I am a businessman, compare with other businessmen. A sportsman, compare with other sportsmen. So understand that this is the habit that a human being has of comparing ourselves with others, and then judging ourselves. It's not enough to com. It's fine to compare and learn something. You can always do that. and finally what happens is after comparing us with others a complex arises i am something i'm not something i'm beautiful i'm not beautiful i'm handsome i'm not handsome i'm tall i'm not tall i'm strong i'm not strong i'm successful i'm not successful i'm smart i'm not smart i'm intelligent i'm not intelligent you follow so this this is called self judgment or opinion about ourselves all the time we entertain opinion about ourselves or we judge ourselves so when you are listening to make notes of this in your mind or write down whatever i would like you to think about these things and come up with your views next time as to whether you think this makes sense to you you do understand what i said or you need some clarifications 
or you think what I am saying is important to you? Can we are on the same page? It should not happen that I am talking something which is irrelevant to you and you know. So no, we want to be on the same page and hopefully I should be communicating with you about things that are important to you, at least in my opinion, which I think you should understand. In order for you to live a successful life. What we want is, we want each one of us live, wants to live a successful life. And therefore, I want to share with you the idea of what is called success, you follow? So how, when, in all, when I want to be a wealthy person, a person in power, a person in command, a famous person, then basically I can say that I want to be a successful person. These things were not important to me when I was born, when I was, when I was small, when these complexes were not created in me at that time. I did not compare myself with others because my brain was not developed enough to do that. So, brain of animals or the creatures is not developed enough for them to compare and self-judgment. So, this development that we have, the gift that we have of an advanced species of having a brain that can think, that can compare, that can judge, that can have opinion. It is a great gift because we are more evolved, much more evolved, we are the most evolved species. So then every gift that we have or anybody has, that gift always is two-sided. Anything in the world is like a two-edged sword. It can be a blessing or it can be a curse, understand? Everything can be a blessing or everything can be a curse. Wealth can be a blessing if you know how to deal with it. Can be a curse if you are managed by that. If you know how to manage wealth, it's a blessing. If you are managed by that, it's a curse. If you know how to manage power, it's a blessing. If you are managed by that, a curse. This goes with everything. In life, there are so many things you already have and more things keep on coming also. But most important thing is whether I manage them or I am managed by them. I'll explain what it means. And so, the important thing is that I should learn how to manage things, how to use them to my benefit, to the benefit of the world, because everything can be, as I said, a blessing. When properly utilized and managed, same can be, same can be a curse if not properly utilized. So, you know, there are people in very adverse conditions also have managed those conditions. People have been in, in prisons, in concentration camps, explorers who are all alone and, and you know, with so much physical pain, etc. We know stories of many people who were in very adverse conditions, very disadvantageous situations, in, in earthquakes, in accidents, people lost their limbs, they have been disabled. There are so many calamities that have come, they keep coming to life, in life. But we know that we have heard stories of people who have, even in those situations also, managed it well and become successful, become worthy. 
So a person who has lost two hands, you have seen a person writing with his feet, you know, with his toe, who has lost legs, how he moves with his hands and so on and so forth. So whatever the situation we understand, because we may not be always able to control a situation, they come to us. But what is our role? How, how do we manage that situation? Everything can be turned to an advantage if understood properly, managed properly and anything can become a disadvantage if not understood properly, if not managed properly. So that is why this discussion that we are required to manage. There is no choice. There is a faculty called free will. You heard this free will? Free will means freedom of choice. In every situation, usually we have a choice of what to do or whether to do something, not to do something. For example, this morning, you have a choice whether to come to this meeting or not, first choice. You have a choice of not coming also because we have freedom of choices there. You decide what to eat, what not to eat, whether to eat, whether to fast, whether to diet, choice we have. Whether to exercise, not exercise, walking, not walking, working out, not working out, waking up early, not waking up early, everywhere we have a choice, you follow? This is called free will or faculty of choice. Take everything else. If managed properly, free will is a great blessing. If not managed properly, the free will can be a great curse. You know many people who made wrong choices in life. They ruined their life. There are others who made right choices in life and they have become, you know, they have succeeded. And in between we are there. Some choices are right, some are not right. But this free will or the freedom to choose is a privilege that we enjoy. For example, animals don't have the freedom. A cow has freedom. Cow's freedom is already determined. You place a bunch of grass before a cow and uh, place some meat, let us say. Cow's choice is already determined. It only go for grass. On the other hand, a cat will go for meat and not for grass. Whereas you and I can go for grass as well as meat. We have choice. Thus, this choice, free will, or faculty of choice, shows the level of evolution that we are very evolved beings. Other creatures are not evolved enough to have choices, choices are all made for them. Thus, the whole nature, sentient or insentient, it is all programmed, you follow? Meaning that they don't make choices, choices already made for them. And therefore, you can predict how they will behave. When you are driving, you can predict how perhaps a cow will behave, how a buffalo will behave. You can never predict how a human being will be. He comes this way, then goes that. You know, most unpredictable is a freedom of choice. Our Swami used to joke that when this man comes home, he knows how he will be treated by his dog, by his pet. When a master enters home, 
The dog comes running, jumping because master is coming, greets him. We can never be sure how his spouse will greet him, you know, because she has moods, she has choices, she may choose. I'm not going to talk to you today. Both ways I'm talking. This is an example. Same thing goes for the husband also. Because we have choice. A dog doesn't have that kind of a choice. When he sees a master, automatically he responds in a certain way. When he sees a stranger, he starts barking. Sometimes, when a swa- the Swami is invited home, all people are assembled at the door to welcome the Swami. In Gujarat, we don't have that tradition. In South India, there is a tradition. Welcoming a Swamiji with a, a, a pot filled with water is called Purna Kumbha. And then you chant some verses and things like that and you welcome. So when the family members are doing this, you know what the dog does? It starts barking because Swami is a strange person. He starts barking, you know. Because that's his nature. And you may also want to bark. You don't like this person. But you have a choice of not barking, of behaving in a certain way, controlling your behavior. A dog cannot control its behavior. It is programmed to behave in a certain way. You see this stranger, behaves in one way. See the familiar person, behaves another way. He just goes and starts licking him. He says, hey, don't do this. But then that's what it does. So it's called the faculty of choice. Or free will. This is a very important privilege, a very important gift, a very important empowerment that we enjoy. It's empowerment. We are empowered to make choices. But the flip side of that is that. We have to make choice. You follow? There is no choice in making choice. Meaning that in every situation we are required to choose. As far as a cow etc. is concerned, the choice is already made for them. Therefore, they don't need to think. They have no responsibility. When you make a choice, then it becomes your responsibility because you are also liable for the consequences of the choice that you make. So when freedom is there, responsibility goes with freedom, understand. Nature has no freedom. Not only all creatures and sentient, insentient, entire nature is all programmed. You follow? The wind is programmed, the water is programmed, it flows from higher level to lower level, wind from high pressure to low pressure, earth is programmed to revolve around the sun, revolve on its own axis, and so on. You, everything is programmed. Water is programmed to boil at a certain temperature. Fire is programmed to be hot. Sun is programmed to be bright. Ice is programmed to be cold. Everything behaves according to its nature that it is programmed to be. Understand? This is a very important thing. That is why we can live our life properly. That's why, you know, you may make a cup of tea in the morning. You know how long will it take? for the water to boil, when to add sugar, when to add tea, what to do, how long to leave it. Then you have tea of your choice. You may cook khichdi. You know how many whistles of the steam cooker is required? Three whistles, four whistles. Why is it so? How come it takes only, I don't know, four whistles, let us say. What is the reason why khichdi gets cooked with four whistles, you know? What's the reason? Can someone tell me? Every day, otherwise your mother will go crazy. 
if today K3 requires 4 visas, tomorrow 5 visas, next day 3 visas, 7 visas, if K3 could make a choice that today I will boil at this temperature, water says not, tomorrow I will boil at 150 degrees. If water will given choice to boil today 100 degrees centigrade, tomorrow 125 degrees centigrade, third is 75 degrees centigrade, then we will get crazy because when it starts boiling 75, Khichri is, you know, is, uh, in, in 15 minutes is already overcooked. If decide the other way around, half an hour it doesn't get cooked, you follow? But we find that everything, the recipes are given, when mother gives the instruction, boil it so long, uh, you know, saute it so long, all of these is can because all those things behave according to the nature according to what is programmed for them and you have no choice but to follow the nature. Fire is always hot, ice always cold, sun always bright, earth revolves around the sun at a, at a prescribed speed, you know, predetermined speed. If earth was free, today let me be a little faster, you know. I think all our calculations will go, all structural engineers know, all engineers know, all scientists know. Science would not be possible if nature was not predictable. There is no science about human being by the way. No scientist can tell you how you will behave next moment. Can anybody tell me? What will Swami talk next moment? How will behave next moment? But you know how the water will behave next moment in boil. Your gas stove, you know that when you switch off, you know, when, when the lighter is there, it will, it will light up. Switch off, it will extinguish. You can't switch me off. You can't switch me on. Meaning that, because I am not programmed. Understand that the whole nature is programmed. Therefore, there are laws. Newton's, what is Newton's third law? Reaction is equal and opposite to action. Remember the school days. That's why when you strike a ball against wall, you know how it will come back and you are ready. So, they are all, they practice at home because you know the behavior you can predict there are machines you know the people are learning uh, at home like like uh, table tennis this is a thing that shoots off balls you know but when you know how it's going to do that then you are ready for that if other player some player is there you never know how that fellow will shoot you know unpredictability about human being of course makes life very exciting but predictability about nature makes life systematic. So that there is all structural engineering is all sorts of things are there because an engineer can predict. As an engineer you can predict how, to, how your factory will be, how your manufacturing will be, what the process will be. If the machine decides how many pieces it is going to give out, then you can never predict, you know. You program it. <clears throat> everything can be programmed or everything can be understood. We may not understand everything, but that's what human being has been doing. From last several thousand years, we have been constantly observing the nature, understanding better and better and better. As our understanding improves, you know how to make use of nature to our advantage. How to avoid disadvantage, you follow? Only science is possible, become possible. You know how much development we have made as human beings? What we were 5000 years ago? What we were 2000 years ago? What we were 1000 years ago? 100 years ago? 50 years ago? Even 2 years ago? 
What advancements are there all because of human being, isn't it? Have you seen a sparrow innovating in her nest? A sparrow. The sparrow builds its nest as it used to be centuries ago. You know this pigeon, that stupid creature doesn't know where to make its nest. Always chooses place from where all this grass falls down, you know, and then still it comes and does the same thing, the sparrows and because they don't have the faculty of evolving or learning. Whatever they learn, they will know that's what they do. Of course, many of them are very skilled also, like a weaver bird and very skilled. So everybody has been given their own skill as to how to survive and how to procreate and how to protect themselves, I say, ahar, nidra, bhaya, maithuram, all the instincts are there, all creatures are given the uh, ability to fulfill those instincts. Everything knows where to get the food. Our cat knows. I remember many years ago, we were living in a flat in Ahmedabad. It was a small, simple place. We didn't have a refrigerator at that time. So milk was stored at night and all those drawers are there, you know, cupboards are there. The cat, very clever animal, I would, I would make sure this door is closed properly. This thing will go through another door and from behind and, and come back and then, you know, drink away the milk. So it knows where to find things. Where to get the food, how to protect itself. These instincts are all given to everything in nature. Every tree knows where to get its food from the roots. Every little insect knows how to survive. Mosquito knows where to land on your body and suck your blood. Before you do anything, it flies away. Or usually it chooses a place where you can't reach, you know. For example, you know, a, uh, when they build their nests or every creature, even ant also knows exactly, you know, what to do, how they are organized, all programmed, very well programmed, all instincts are given to them. And so, that's about all. So they are given the right kind of instincts and abilities to fulfill their basic needs. The human being not only has those basic needs, much more than that. As I said, human being wants to evolve, wants to become bigger and better. He is ambitious. Ambition is a unique attribute that a human being has. Ambition. Which is a great thing. People say, don't be ambitious. Be am As I say, everything should be managed properly. Ambition also is a great boon. If managed properly, becomes a curse. If not managed properly. So we have ambitions. You know what ambition means? Ambition means that I am not content with what I have. I am not content with what I am. I want to be bigger and better than what I am. I want to have more than what I have. I want to be bigger than what I am. And also another instinct that we have is called competition. It comes from comparison. We keep comparing ourselves with others. From these complexes are there. I am inferior to others. I don't like to be inferior. I must do something in order to be like somebody else. So this instinct of competition comes from ambition, from the self-consciousness, self-awareness. So I'm, I'm describing to you ourselves, the various unique abilities that we possess, which is a great empowerment which allowed us to do a lot of innovation, a lot of research, a lot of innovation, a lot of developments and empowered ourselves. 
Sometimes people ask this question, Swami, don't you think that technology has destroyed us? You know, but they say that, look at this internet, look at all this social media. Don't you think Swamiji, social media is responsible for all the problems today? The internet is responsible for all the problems today. Nothing is responsible. Swami, we were so happy when cell phone was not there. Some people like to think that way. With the cell, no, when we were like your age, there was no hardly any phones there. Phones were there, no cell phones, not even mobile phones. Not in, so that time, if I'm traveling, I want to communicate, I'll stop at the highway, come to a telephone booth and then make a phone call. Today, you know what? The husband leaves home. He's driving the driveway and she calls his wife. He calls, I'm here now, I'm in driveway. I've taken the exit. I've reached the destination. Five phone calls are made between the time he leaves home and reaches the destination and returning also. Okay, so and so, I, I, I left home, I left office, not taken the exit, I've done this, I'm in the driveway. You don't know, but that's also when you have something, that's how you use it. What I'm saying is, so... All these technologies given empowerment. We can, if you are empowered to do many things which we are not able to do earlier, it's a great blessing. As I said, everything is a blessing if managed properly. becomes a curse if not managed properly. So don't blame technology. Don't blame social media. Don't blame anything. It's empowerment, isn't it? I can talk to you. This is an empowerment. I can see you. And Joe Anand has written names of everybody, so I know who I'm talking, who I'm talking to. I can see your face, see your expression, and uh, how much you are connected with me. How much you are in your own world, and how many, you know. So all of this, uh, all empowerment. All, all the advancement that a human being has made in all the fields, the science, technology, it may be literature, poetry, art, creation, in every field, all of that has empowered us. We have grown bigger and better as a result of them. Whenever we manage things properly. And the very same thing, can also become a curse if not managed properly. So that is how we come to what we call self-management, you know. I'm driving at this basic need of understanding that we have to constantly manage ourselves because in every situation, we are required to make choice. You cannot not choose. No, I don't choose. You have to choose whether you want to wake up or not and get up in the, from the bed or not. Is it not so? You want to take shower or not? You want to go to work or not? You want to eat or not? We have to make choices. Every moment. This route, that route. I'll walk, go on bicycle, drive, driving also, which road I will take, what I will dress up, what clothes I will wear, how I want to look this morning, who I want to talk to this morning. Thus, choices are always presented before us and we have to make a decision. We have to make choice. And this choice creates a stress. Because choice involves responsibility. Choice represents a freedom. As I said, a cow is no choice, no freedom, no responsibility. We have the freedom to choose and therefore 
responsibility of making right choice. Because we know that we are accountable for the outcome of whatever choice we make. Isn't it? We are accountable for the outcome of whatever choice we make. We are aware of that. Therefore, making choice involves responsibility. Because responsibility is a great stress. If not managed properly, is a great boon if managed properly. So, we have to manage choices, we have to manage responsibility to manage, situations you have to manage. This is called self-management. You may learn how to manage other things, how to manage your accounts, how to manage man and material, all this you learn in the universities. How to manage man and material, how to manage finances, how to manage your sales and marketing. So that's another and that's one kind of management. It is managing things other than yourself. You follow? Managing things other than yourself. But what is usually overlooked is the importance to manage our own selves or self-management. That is what Bhagavad Gita teaches. That's what Vedanta teaches. What does it teach? Self-management. Bhagavad doesn't teach you how to manage your markets, how to manage your finances, how to manage your product, how to manage your factory, how to manage. That it may not teach you. But understand that before you manage others, you are required to manage yourself. Only if you manage yourself properly, that you can effectively manage others. Based on what we discussed today, if you have questions, think about these things. If it's possible to recollect what we said, make some notes, and if questions arise in your mind, then we'll first discuss those questions and then proceed further. Right? Okay. We'll, with a prayer, we'll conclude. Om Purnamadaf Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namah Hari Om